This is Mark Tiley on Greatest Hits, The Guests Podcasts. And here's a new one for you. Leo Sayer, wonderful artist, massive hit maker in the 70s, and still very much a force to be reckoned with. He sold over 80 million records and he's still going strong. The new album, Selfie, has just come out and he's on a tour at the moment going across the UK and will be coming close to the Isle of Man, New Brighton, in June on the 15th, that'll be. Anyway, this new album, Selfie, seems to have been sort of gestating for quite a long time. So that's where we started the conversation. Yeah, well, it's taken about two years to do in total. Um, I kind of signed it off at the end of last year, but then, you know, with a bit of a delay before... Uh, we could, yeah, well, you know, deciding how we're going to release it and everything because suddenly you're sitting in a studio in Australia and you're thinking, how am I going to release this? And I've, luckily, I mean, I've had this great relationship with Demon Records in London, so I thought, well, why not have them do it and have them do it worldwide? But at the last minute, I decided to change the last track. Would you believe I had a Beatles song that I was covering um, in the, Across the Universe and I whipped it off and there was this young Australian girl that I'd produced before, so... Um, I couldn't get her song out of my mind, so I, I wrote her a quick note, asked permission, and she said, yeah, go for it. So I put Don't Leave Me, her song, right at the end of the album. So it still had some adjusting to do um, earlier this year. You're saying, you know, working out how to release it. Hasn't the industry changed so much since those heady days of the early 70s? It's oh, a different world. God. Well, yeah, I mean, it's strange now because it's very, very tough to get radio play, so I'm being told, and I never ever thought there would be a problem because um, I, I don't know, since I've gone to Australia, I've, I've been very popular in the UK, um, but it is very tough to break in. It seems to be the stranglehold on the way the business is run these days, which is very, very weird and strange. But that's, you know, that's this is progress, I suppose, in a strange way. Um, listen, um, I was going to say, you know, getting the tracks out there is easier than ever, but then there's so much stuff being hurled at us these days. Well, that's the problem. And I think, you know, well, I mean, I'm an independent, very independent, as you can tell, by making a record by myself and, you know, producing it, writing it, doing everything myself. So, you know, you suddenly really are aware of the big machine that's out there that, um, you know, the Sony machine kind of thing, you know, all of that. You know, it's it's bigger than bigger than big. Sure. And, um, and and if you're not part of that, it's very, it's very difficult. But um, I don't mind. I like the difficulties. Um, I've always had been challenged my entire career. I've had to battle my way through right from the first record so um you know i'm used to it it's 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 my world if you like sure um, and the main thing is creating great stuff and also now you know we're preparing for this tour so just in two days of great rehearsal with the band we're playing two songs from selfie in the shows as well and um you know just trying to try, trying to pr provide good music in both ways on on record and and live as well you know and two different dictates but you know managing to do them well i think is important now then, I want to talk through a couple of tracks on yeah. the album because I got it sure. on, I've been playing it over the weekend. Selfie, the title track, I, I was listening <laughs> to it and I thought, hang on, what is this reminding me of? I, I tell you what it was, it wasn't the track reminding me of giving it all away, but I could hear Roger Daltrey singing it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Well, I, I, you know, Roger and I were always in a similar register, which made, um, I think, his decision of recording some songs that we were, you know, we were recording at his studio in 1970, 
two or three, and um, you know through through a, a nice connection through a guy called Keith Altham, who was a publicist, who suggested to Adam Faith, my manager, and Dave Courtney, my my, my co-producer with Adam, that we do some recording at Roger's house because um, we were he had a new studio, and so we went in there, and he turned around and said, God, I can hear myself singing those, <laughs> just like you've said that yeah. now, you know, and I think it's because we're in the same register, you know, the way we, we both hit the same notes, so we're both in the same range. Um, well, it's, it's I mean, a- if you listen to him, he's got a kind of highish voice yeah. when he speaks, you know. So, so that's that. That's that's the magic of that. Shout. 
Selfie, the title track from Leo Sayer's brand new album. It's a love poem of From Me to England. Dear old England. Either yeah. slipping into the sea or moving forward. I don't I can't tell which which no. way at the moment. I, but um but yeah, it's a it's a love song for England and, and me you know, did you realise that dream you had of living on an island overseas? I suppose it's me, you know. Yeah. And did you? Are you glad you... Uh, I, I did, yes. I'm made very, it? Very, yeah. very happy, very happy. But, I, I mean, at the same time, I love coming back here. And I love the fact... You know, the best joy in my life is that I do get the opportunity to come back and also that I can afford to come back. I mean, I know plenty of people in Oz who basically could never afford to come home because they came over as what they call 10-pound poms. Yeah. And um, they'll never have that opportunity because they're, 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 they're near the breadline, you know. Even still, with all the advances in aviation, it's a blooming long way. The Albert Hammond collaborations, not one but three, did you do those remotely or did you get together? Well, Albert and I got together about 12 years ago and decided to to do some writing together. We were friends anyway, we were always mates. And um, we thought, wouldn't it be nice to write you know, in a vacuum, a bit like Bob Dylan and the and the band did with the basement tapes, you know. So we, we had no pressure on us to, to come up with songs for anybody waiting for a song, and Albert's a very popular songwriter, so that could have been the case. But, no, we were both in a bit of a gap um, year, and we decided to write, and that writing took place over many, many sessions in Los Angeles and, and Spain, where he's got a place in South Spain, and also in London, where I was based at the time. So, you know, we, we just worked and worked and worked and worked. Actually, it's longer than 12 years because it's longer than before I left for Australia. So I'm, I've got that wrong. Maybe it's 18 years. Wow. So we wrote a bunch of songs and uh, there are two of them on the album Voice in My Head. Actually, no, there are eight of them on Voice in My Head and I think there's about four of them or five of them on Restless Years as well, including the title track. So gradually we're filtering these songs and getting them recorded. Albert as well has made a solo album, Revolution of the Heart, his solo album, had loads of the songs that uh, I've still got to do versions of, I think. We caught up with Albert Hammond on this program a couple yep. of years ago when he was going out with a big orchestra. I think it might have been a... Sit- That's right, yeah, uh, correct. Very exciting project. Is that something you've done? I, I'm trying to place my memory back um, if you've done that. I've done one album in Australia with an orchestra. It was a smallish orchestra, but it was very much in that kind of style. Uh, the crazy guy who produced it had this idea that I could sell records if I slowed all my songs down all right. and took the keys down. <laughs> and it sounds beautiful. It's called Don't Wait Until Tomorrow, which is one of a song from an album many, many years ago. I think it was Have You, Have you Ever Been In Love? It was on. And, yeah, readdressing and re-looking at it. But, you know, the audience just turned turtle. They didn't want to know. So we even did two concerts and not many people came. Wow. Um, I, I thought it sounded marvellous. And yeah. But the nice thing is in the concert, I got the chance to, to use that lineup to do like um, Tom Waits's Tom Traubert's Blues and... Um, and I Want You by Bob Dylan and um, Prince, Sign of the Times, we did with the orchestra, which was fabulous. Uh, oh, one day, I suppose, I'll release it, yeah. the, the live album anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and the orchestral album only came out in Australia. Because I think the fans, you know, they they really love the original versions of the songs. They don't want to hear them change completely. So, you know, if you can imagine me doing, I paid all my dues, or picked up my shoes, and got up and walked away. And the orchestra comes in. Nah, 
It didn't work. <laughs> had all of my juice, so I picked up my shoes and got up and walked away. Oh, I was just a boy, giving it all away. Worked hard and failed, now all I can say is I threw it all away. Oh, I was just a boy, giving it all away. Sail away, sail away. Ooh, well I know better now. I know better now. I've given it all away. Oh, oh yeah, I know better now. I know better now. I've given it all away. It was a massive hit for Roger Daltrey, but that's Leo Sayer's original version of giving it all away. Uh, back to the new album, Selfie. There's a little blues track on there, crept in, called Everybody Lies. Well, it's true that everybody lies. I mean, we're in the age of Trump, etc., and politicians lie professionally now. They get paid to do it. In fact, they get votes for doing it, so... It's a sad kind of reflection on life now. Um, but it was fun to make. I mean, it, you know, it's an old school song. It's kind of, you can imagine the, well, there is an upright bass sample anyway on it. Um, and and the, the fun was doing the guitar because I found um, a program that had a load of these little pieces of guitar and I sort of glued them together and changed key and everything. And you can hear me lying through my teeth in the middle of the song. I hear saying, you say- hey! That's so, me on guitar. I heard wow. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I'm I'm sorry you said that because you Part fooled me. You fooled me. <laughs> well, the song is every, you should take it for the title. <laughs> Everybody lies, including Leo. Well, they say that every dog must have its day, and to hell with anyone who's in the way. And they say that all your proof is just a fraction of the truth Cause everybody lies They'll tell you pride will come before a fall And no one can survive the wrecking ball But like the twisting of a night No lie will save your life When everything's a case of do or die Certainly fooled me. 
Everybody Lies, including Leo Sayer, not really playing the guitar from his latest album, Selfie. Now, let's uh, go back to 2006. How important was the Mech remix of Thunder in My Heart? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, there's a lot of myths with that record. I mean, Mech didn't actually do anything. I think he was just the name on the label. Yeah, the guy behind him, Clive Black, very clever, ex-EMI head of... You know, head of EMI, etc. Um, very clever guy, and the son of Don Black, you know, the, the oh, great yes. lyricist. Clive um, had this idea, and I think that they sort of conjured it up between him and Mech, Craig, Mech is Mech's name, and they decided, wouldn't it be great to take Leo Says Thunder in My Heart and re release it? So, you know, they were pretty straight up about it. And when it came around to asking the permission, I was the guy they had to ask permission because I own it. So, um, they decided that they were going to make a smash with it and told me, and it came back to me eventually, and I couldn't get over it. It just knocked me across the floor. It was the most fantastic version. But what they'd done is they had employed a group called Bimbo Jones and one guy, Lee Dagger, who I've written... Uh, who I've co-written Occupy with. Yeah, because he's album. back on this album, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. and Mark J.B., um, uh, uh, his partner, he also wrote with me um, Build You a Rainbow on the album. So, you know, I've, I've, I've got more mileage out of those guys, which is, which is fantastic, you know, because they're both amazing musicians. Lee goes out as a DJ, but believe me, the tracks that he makes are great, and that's how Occupy started. Um, but they, anyway, they came up with a way to filter out a lot of the instruments that were there and replace them with more up-to-tempo uh, an up-to-date uh, kind of drums and bass lines and everything like that. And the rest of it is me singing in 1977 off the record, you know, because you couldn't replace it. The multi-tracks, in fact, were destroyed. I think Adam Faith, in one of his last fell moves on me, um, burnt the tapes. Yeah. So there's no masters going, so um, or no multi-tracks going, just the, just the stereo master. But they managed to do a fantastic job, and it was terribly important. It really got me back in the UK, you know, especially after Big Brother, where I'd, I'd made a right fool of myself. Well, you say that, but uh, I was going to say <laughs> Big Brother looked absolutely horrible, I mean, for, for, for in many ways. But was it... If, I could, if I could re-edit it, it, you'd, it would come out like a one-man acting piece of genius. <laughs> I, I, I spent four days sending them to... To Coventry, um, you know, not speaking and doing my whole thing in mime, which completely they got all. We the never got to see that. Yeah, no, they got all the psychiatrists out. They couldn't work it out what I was doing. I'm doing a book soon. It'll all be in there. But it was an incredible story. It was an amazing car crash with television, really, and the way that you know um, TV and media work. <laughs>
took him back to number one in the UK chart in 2006, the remake of Thunder In My Heart. But let's look back at the charts of the early 70s when Leo started out. You had Mud, David Essex. Then you had the Wombles, Lena Zavaroni, Clive Dunn. Granddad, we love yeah, you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the English charts. I mean, the English charts have always been... Look, it's popular music. What do you expect? I mean, it's going to reflect the Sun newspaper and the High Street and, you know, some football bloke kind of yeah. making a Christmas record and uh, somebody from a crime series, you know, sort of becoming one of the biggest, well, I won't mention the name, but one of the biggest singers in England. So, yeah. so And so it goes on and good luck to them. You know, they all make careers, but... Um, but they come and they go, which is very strange. But the English charts, I think if you actually showed them to an American, they'd probably be able to pick out 30% of the names they'd know. And that shows the novelty of it. But the novelty is in a way as fun as well. I mean, I don't think without novel the novelty value that, say, something like Waterloo Sunset, which is probably one of the best oh, what English records ever recorded, I don't think that had got in there, you know. And, um, you know, uh, Grosser Jack, Grosser Jack, I mean, brilliant records, but they wouldn't have got there without novelty, you know. And maybe, and maybe for me, songs like Moonlighting and The Show Must Go On wouldn't have got there if it hadn't have been... My mother would go out of her mind, yeah. Yeah, but that, that, that sort of arena where you're able to... Kind Kind of like you know make records that reflect life or do freaky things that are just different like appearing as the Piro, you know you touched on it earlier on but is radio still important to you as an artist i don't know i think that now it's all controlled by people like clear channel and there's playlists and everything we're and not yeah, no i know but the zeitgeist of radio you know what i mean yeah. the, the, the state of the art let's call it like that it's hardly art though mm. um <laughs> but is 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 very controlled now I'm talking to Johnny Walker later today, and I used to do K-San Radio um, over there just before Johnny did it, actually, wow. and used to go to this incredible guy called Tom Donahue, who they call the godfather of radio in America, yeah. and very famous guy. And you'd go to San Francisco, and he'd say, right, okay, you can have the airwaves uh, from 11 o'clock until 4 in the morning. And you go, okay, great. He said, play what the hell you like. So there were two little guys, um, rather like these BBC chaps that, you know, the doorman, and they just, they were called runners, and they'd go, you'd say, oh, you'd look out the window and go, oh, it's raining. Can you get me the Cascades, Rhythm of the Falling Rain? Right! Go down and get it, you know, and that would be your next track. And, you know, I feel like playing some Bob Dylan, and, you know, it was, you'd make it up as you went along, and it was thrilling. If you've got an artist to do it, you get a, you get a chance to get their taste in music, yeah. you know? The tour starts tonight. I'm just trying to find out where you are tonight. You're not on the Isle of Man, sadly. Uh, where no, are you? No, we're in Swindon. Oh, Swindon. Yeah. As pearls before Swindon, as we call it. <laughs> well, I hope that goes brilliantly. And I know you've got the Union Chapel. I love the Union Chapel. You're yes, over... that's tomorrow night. So yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Thank I have a quick story. When you came yes. here in the 70s, Chapel works with me called John. He wanted to impress his girlfriend. And right. he'd been, I think you were doing two nights. You must have been. He went first night and he went again the second night and took this girl he really fancied. And in the, <laughs> in the show, when it got to you make me feel like dancing, according to him, you'd make a move off to the side of the stage and pick someone yep. to dance with. Yeah? I used to do that, yes. He pushed, he worked out where you were coming off stage. Yeah, because he'd seen the act before. He'd seen the act the night before. Got his girlfriend. And <laughs> to be in she, the right place. In the right yeah. place. Pushed her forward at the moment and you dance with her. If she's Voila. listening tonight, I'd like you to say Fantastic. hello to her. She might still be on the Isle of Man. <laughs> How's that fun? Do you still do that? 
Uh, not really, no, no. because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I do a little bit of jigging about, but I mean, basically, I'm not really the loose limb dancer that I used to be. People are amazed at my energy for my age, um, but, um, yep, dancing's getting closer to out of the question. Although I say that, I mean, just in Australia, we've just finished the tour, we've had a few dancers on stage, it must admit, and I do have a jig with them. I just get more tired afterwards. Well, if you do come back to the Isle of Man at any <laughs> stage, I'll try and find her and make sure she at least have a, a, She's up there. Absolutely. a little dance with you. Leo, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Great talking to you. Thanks very much. And Lovely talking to Manx. Yeah, well, bless your heart. And uh, good luck with the tour. Thanks, mate. An absolute classic and what a gent. Leo Sayer, 
our special guest on this Manx Radio podcast, Greatest Hits podcast, with me, Mark Tiley. More coming soon. Just a quick reminder that Leo Sayer, the closest he's getting to the Isle of Man this time round, is New Brighton, and he'll be there on the 15th of June. And so will I. Thanks for joining us. Come back soon for more Greatest Hits podcasts, The Guests, with me, Mark Tiley.